0: He's just a hack, He's just an absolute hack, and he gets his ass kicked by his teammates
1: every week. It's just, know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. You're tuned into Hack City. I'm Joe Leone, giving you a Week 7 college football preview. We're coming at you taping from the fantastic Believe Studios in Manhattan Beach, California. It is a early Wednesday morning when I am recording this, and I gotta say, I woke up early as shit today to talk about these games. But I almost didn't even need coffee this morning because I'm just juiced up for the opportunity to talk to you folks about the games that we have coming up this weekend. Because a lot of these outcomes are going to determine who's going to win their conferences, who's going to play in the college football playoff, who's going to play in the national championship. All of these games have some serious implications on the postseason for the 2022-2023 season of college football. We're going to get into all of those before we do. I just want to tell you folks about Bet Online, which is today's sponsor. If you're like me and you love betting on games and making them entertaining, I get into the weeds and I'll bet on on group of five games. I'll bet on Mac games for teams with losing records because I'm just that excited about betting on football. And where I go, I always go to Bet Online. I know you get a lot of people that do these reads and they just go through the reads and they say that, like, oh, I, I use this product. I use that. I bet with this site. I actually use Bet Online. And in my experience using Bet Online, it has been the best out of any of the betting platforms that I've tried to use. Uh, It's accessible anywhere, and it is fantastic and the best source for all of your football betting needs. It has all the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf head to bet online to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. All right. I want to start things off today. Not talking about the biggest matchup because I want to start with what the, what the earliest game is and the biggest early game, Penn state playing Michigan. Now on paper, This Penn State-Michigan game has built up a lot of hype. Penn State has played a, a relatively light schedule so far this season. They have benefited from playing weak opponents that looked good at the time. And now they sit after getting a win against Auburn. That has been the biggest fuel on their hype train. They finally get to face their first legitimate challenge in Michigan. Now the same argument can be made for Michigan as they've also played a really relatively weak schedule on top of playing mostly weaker Big Ten opponents to get to this point. What we've seen so far from both these programs, however, Penn State, I'm throwing away and not ignoring, but contextualizing the game that they played against Northwestern, which was in heavy rain, a lot of turnovers, a sloppy offensive output, they have looked strong. They've been productive. They've moved the ball really effectively on the ground. Sean Clifford has not been asked to do as much as he typically is asked to do, which has led to a lot of early success for Penn State. On the flip side of things, Michigan we have seen struggling over the last recent stretch. Now there's – allow me to backtrack for a second. People are saying Michigan is struggling. There has been this narrative – that Michigan has been having trouble against teams like Maryland and Indiana, yet they're still winning a number of these games by multiple scores, especially the Indiana game that they just played. And for whatever reason, we're more willing to try and knock down Michigan, but not bring down Penn State and acknowledge that there might be more falsity to Penn State's success rather than Michigan's. I just want to acknowledge some important statistics here. I try not to be too stat driven when I when I look at these games. But let's look at some important statistics. With a weak schedule, Michigan is only allowing 165 pass yards per game. They have also been fifth in scoring defense. They're allowing less than 82 rush yards per game, which is one of the best in the country. Seventh in scoring offense and fifth in total defense. What that tells me is that Michigan is one of the most complete teams in the country because not only are they completely stymieing opponents on the defensive side of the ball, not only are they completely neutralizing opponents, albeit weak opponents, but they're dominating them. They're proving dominance offensively. They've been slow starters. I will admit that they have been a little bit slow to get going, but we have seen the firepower on a week-to-week basis with J.J. McCarthy and especially Blake Corum to take over football games. Conversely, Penn State feels as though they're riding off of Alex Singleton. And other than that, mostly their run game. They are also one of the best run defenses in the country, but outside of that, their dominance doesn't really show up across the board. Their offensive line has been fantastic. The way that I look at this game, Penn State has been really fun. It's been exciting. They're a recognizable brand. Them being good is good for the state of college football. Them having a good record, and that fan base being engaged is fantastic for college football. And I have spoken highly of this Penn State program. I have spoken very highly of Singleton, who I believe is going to be one of the best running backs in college football for the next three years until he moves on to the NFL. And while Michigan always has this tendency to start slow which is going to happen happen in this game. They're going to slowly work their way into the game and then once the second half hits and this game is close and it's like a 14 to 10 halftime score either team could possibly be leading. There is a noticeably large difference in the talent level of these two programs. Michigan and I know that Penn State has you know a lot of really good recruits on their roster. But Michigan's all of their top players are dominating right now. And I point to the big guy, the one guy that has been dominating the most, who I believe needs to be in the Heisman conversation, that being Blake Corum. Blake Corum has ascended and taken over and reached a new level where he is in the conversation as being one of the top three running backs in the country. He is a game-breaking player that creates separation in space when it is not there. And Michigan's offensive line has done a fantastic job of opening up space and creating effective rushing lanes that not only allow Quorum to pick up nice chunk plays, but he's always good for breaking off a long one and scoring a long touchdown, as we've seen on a consistent week-to-week basis. So as I mentioned, Penn State has a great run defense, but they have not faced an opponent in a rushing attack like Michigan. This is the game that we're going to be able to properly contextualize how good Penn State is. And I'm not saying that Michigan's going to completely blow them away. But we are going to really get a sense of how good Michigan could be at the end of the season when they play Ohio State, when they compete for a Big Ten championship, and why I believe they're going to be one of the teams that is competing, or at least in, not at least, at least competing or in the college football playoff. So in this game, I'm going Michigan all the way, the talent, the explosiveness, the fact that they're able to easily win games when they're struggling and they're filled with mistakes on the offensive side of the ball, they are good enough to climb back into a game at any single point. Now, our second big game this weekend is the one that's getting all the attention. This one deserves to be talked about the most. This one is going to be talked about the entire week after the game is played. And it's going to be brought up on a weekly basis because of the implications that this is going to have on the SEC championship game and especially the college football playoff. Tennessee playing Alabama at home, three thirty kick on CBS. It's been a very long time, and, and in my lifetime as a twenty-four-year-old, I have not witnessed a actually good Tennessee team. They have had their program that's had a Tennessee a tendency, Tennessee tendency. <laughs> That sounds so stupid. A tendency to be overranked and then eventually exposed. And in my lifetime, this is one of the few times I can sit here and say that they are as hyped up and as good as they are to be hyped up. They are living up to the expectations. Coming into one of the first times in my time, a competitive matchup against Alabama, a game in which they have a legitimate shot To beat Alabama. Now Hendon Hooker and Tennessee's offense have been on an aggressive tear. A violent tear. Currently second in scoring offense and first in total offense. With a a total up in the 500s. Scoring close to 50 points a game. That stuff is noticeable especially because some of those wins have come against at the time. Ranked opponents. At the very least, albeit Pitt and Florida are, I believe, both are, are neither ranked at this point, they're still competitive quality teams. This is it's not like they played an FCS schedule and a bunch of group of five teams all the way through. That's there is absolute truth to the dominance that they have shown on the offensive side of the football. And a lot of that they've done without their best receiver in Cedric Tillman. This game is the most complicated to predict as in any circumstance similar to this one, because Alabama might be starting Jalen Milrow this game. There is a possibility that they do not have Bryce Young, who suffered a shoulder injury a couple weeks ago against Arkansas. We all saw, and I spoke very highly of Milrow, I said that him in the game, he doesn't, he's not the type of quarterback like Bryce who can keep them in a game when things aren't going well. He's not the type of guy. But I have expressed that his athleticism adds a different fold that is difficult to prepare for for an opposing defensive coordinator because he is really fast. He is very athletic. But what we witnessed last week, I was very much humbled. I was very humbled by the way that he played against Texas A&M because they realized his key weakness is not protecting the football. If you get after him and you pressure him, he has shown that he is somebody who is going to turn the football over to the point where those turnovers and the rest of the turnovers that they've had this season, Alabama's one of the worst teams in the country in turnover margin. They're bottom bottom 20 or 30, I believe, in turnover margin. They are struggling to protect the football, and a lot of it comes down to the performance that they had last week when Milrow fumbled the ball three times. I see this game as a duality of outcomes. There's an outcome with Bryce Young, and there's an outcome with Milrow in the game. Sorry, there is an outcome without Bryce Young. There is an outcome with Bryce Young playing in this game. If Bryce Young plays, I believe that they still win this football game. Alabama has been one of the best defenses in the country. They have the most dominant pass rush that is leading to their secondary playing at a higher level than they possibly could be, only allowing 166 pass yards per game so far this season, I always point to in these matchups with a high-powered passing attack and a really good pass defense with a really good pass rush, I always side with the defense, especially when it's littered with NFL talent, and it's led by the best player in the country, the likely first overall pick, or who should be the first overall pick if it's not a quarterback, in Will Anderson. Will Anderson's capable of taking over football games, and he's very capable of doing it in this instance. If Bryce Young plays this game, Alabama's defense has shown an ability to significantly drag down opposing offenses. If they do that in this game and they come out and they completely, not completely, but at least slow down, knock off most of the offensive production that we usually see from them on a week-to-week basis, that allows Bryce Young to play within his realm, and do what he's done already so far against, you know, Texas is the one game that I point to. Their defense stepped up, skilled players did not, but Bryce did. Bryce did everything in his power to keep them in that football game and to help them win. And in this situation against Tennessee, if he plays in this game, even if it's a little bit banged up, I have faith if this is a close football game and it comes down to a drive, that Bryce Young wins that football game. On the flip side, if Milro is the starter for Alabama, it should be a foregone conclusion that Tennessee wins. Tennessee has become like a, a favorite pick. And I think that no matter what, if Milro plays, they win this football game. If Milro turns the ball over even once, they very well could be out of it. And I, I like Jalen Milrow. Like I think next year, when he takes over as the starter, he is going to be a really good quarterback, but it takes time to develop the proper instincts to step up against Texas A&M, which he didn't really do because of the mistakes that he made, and to step up in this game against Tennessee that has your season potentially on the line. Milro, if he does not protect the football, it is going to be very easy for Tennessee to pull away. They can score in an instant, and we've seen that. Huge chunk plays with a number of different players. It's not just and Hooker. It's every player on that offense that is helping him and that is working alongside him to produce all of these gaudy statistics that I mentioned. So if Milro plays and he's the starting quarterback, it should be an easy pick. It's an easy pick. It's going to be Tennessee. And as much as I just gave a ton of faith to Alabama's defense, there's only so much you can do as a defense to keep your offense alive when it has been struggling. And when you have a quarterback who can't lead a game-winning drive. Who's incapable of doing that. I'm hoping that Milro has that in them, in him. And I think that down the line that he could potentially be that guy. But as of right now, this is a very tall task for him. And so far he is only disappointed in his performances. On to game number three. Oklahoma State versus TCU. And this game reminds me a lot of that Clemson-NC State game that we had a few weeks ago, which I said both those teams stink and it is a battle of frauds. Now, I don't think Oklahoma State and TCU are as big of frauds as Clemson and NC State. However, neither of these teams at the end of the season are going to be the ones that are actually holding up the Big 12 championship trophy. Instead, this is just a sneak peek and a, a way of properly dividing where these teams stand. What we've gotten with both these programs, TCU is third right now in scoring offense. Oklahoma State is fourth. We have two highly explosive offenses with two quarterbacks that are playing at a very, very high level. Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. Max Duggan is outperforming my expectations of him. Both are athletic. Both can move. Both can run. Both have shown proficiency as passers. But the one thing that sticks out to me in this game, the one thing that helps me determine what the outcome is going to be, Oklahoma State's defense has been weak in games where they're supposed to dominate. And I point to Central Michigan as the best evidence. And it feels like just in general, Oklahoma State across their schedule has played teams when you're supposed to be the, you know, one of the top ranked teams in the country that they're supposed to like very heavily pull away from. Yet, they're not that heavily destroying Arizona State early on in the season. They're giving up 44 points to Central Michigan. I think that this ranking by Oklahoma State or for Oklahoma State is a bit unjustified. And as much as I like Sanders as a quarterback, I don't think their defense is up to snuff to match up against TCU's offense, which has been on an explosive tear lately. Quentin Johnston is helping Max Duggan along with the remaining receiving core to put up huge passing totals. And we saw the capability that they have against weaker, and I think Kansas's defense is significantly better than Oklahoma State's, but their capabilities to put up huge plays, huge numbers, long touchdown passes because of how talented they are at receiver. We've seen that capability in this matchup. I am fully prepared, and I fully do believe that TCU is going to drop a fat scoring total at the end of this game. It is going to be a shootout. This is I know that we've had a lot of Big Ten games that have been low scoring. Very, very low scoring. We had a 10-9 game, I believe, off the top of my head. A lot of low scoring Big Big 12 games. But this one's going to be a shootout. Neither of these teams are really playing very good defense. They're giving up a lot of points. It's going to be a shootout. But TCU is going to be a a close winner, if not by a score and a half or two scores. On to our next game, NC State playing Syracuse. Syracuse so far this season has been very undervalued. It took them a very long time to be ranked. And now is a really great opportunity for them to prove their capabilities and prove that they're not the same orange team that we're used to seeing on a week-to-week basis. They get a fantastic opportunity to face off with an NC State team albeit coming off of a Florida State victory, that just lost their starting quarterback. It is uncertain if Devin Leary is going to play in this game, who's currently dealing with a shoulder injury, and Jack Chambers is that next man up. A A lot of times with teams like NC State that are led and propped up by a really good quarterback, when you lose that guy for a game and you have to jump down to the next guy on the list, it is very hard for you to continue your string of success. It is very difficult and tends to lead to them coming back down to reality and a lot of their mistakes being exposed. Devin Leary is the type of guy that can bring them back into a football game and keep them in a game that they're struggling and they're making a lot of mistakes. We've seen that. We've seen that on a week-to-week basis. He did it against Eastern Carolina. He did it against Clemson, almost getting them back into that game. Without him starting in this game, And again, this has been like a foregone conclusion this week that Syracuse has no chance in this football game. I believe Syracuse wins if there is no Devin Leary. They have a very underrated pass defense, one of the best in the country, led by Garrett Williams, who is a very talented cornerback. Their offensive line has not been great, but Matthew Bergeron is one of the best offensive linemen in his respective class for the 2023 NFL Draft. And then the last thing, Sean Tucker has been fantastic so far this year. I have seen a lot of huge runs by him. The stat totals that he's put up in some of their best offensive performances has been pretty exciting to see. Sean Tucker is good enough to take over this football game. And I think that if he has a really strong output, he gets into a rhythm, the offensive line gets into a rhythm, they're going to win this football game against NC State. It is very, very hard to overcome losing a top player like Devin Leary and then just immediately acting like nothing happened when you go to your backup in Jack Chambers. So give me Syracuse in this one. I think Syracuse has all the capabilities to win, and we need to stop underrating them and assuming that they're the same sloppy Syracuse team that we've seen on a week-to-week basis. Now, last game I want to get to, USC versus Utah. I have been one to say that Utah was the best team in the Pac-12. I was corrected heavily after their loss against UCLA. I still believe that they're good. I still believe that they have the defense to turn the ball over. I think that Cam Rising is a great quarterback. They have one of the most balanced programs in the country, but it just so happens that UCLA is a bit more balanced. I have also been a known USC hater, which makes sense. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and it's going to happen. It comes with the territory. I want to sit here and say to you, and I was fully prepared to, but when I did my digging, I did my notes, and I did my research on this game, I was fully prepared to sit here and say Utah is going to beat USC. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. As much as I want USC to be humbled in this game, it's not likely to be the case. USC has been a very overvalued program because of, you know, a lot of their statistics look great. They have the second most defensive touchdowns in the country. They have one of the best turnover margins. Uh they also have been on a tear offensively recently, but against these weaker opponents and their games that we can say like, oh, they're wins, wins are wins, they're undefeated. I felt like they could have pulled away more against Oregon State and they barely won. I felt like they hung around a little bit too much with Arizona State and they should have blown them out of blown them out of the water. And I think that Washington State, they're capable of blowing them out too. Cam Ward played like crap. And to me, like why they didn't win by a more convincing total is concerning to me. But right now, Utah is on the downturn a little bit. They were mistake-prone and turned the ball over against UCLA. Facing off against a defense that is turning the ball over and taking the football back unlike any team in the country. And maybe that statistic is overvalued because of weak opponents that they're playing. We're going to find out in this game the legitimacy of USC's defense. Because I've said that USC's defense is their weak point. And they've continued to look better and better each week. Their secondary looks really good. They've made a lot of really good plays, especially against Oregon State. That, that performance by their defense and their secondary was fantastic. But in this game, if that defense shows up, plays the way that they, that they did, three turnovers possibly from Cam Rising is what you could get out of this performance. If it's like any other matchup they've had this season, they could get those turnovers and then allow Caleb Williams to go to work. What I need to see in this game, though, for me to buy in properly to USC and for me to take away the bias that I have, I need to see more offensive dominance from that whole receiving core led by Jordan Addison, by the whole passing attack that's supposed to be propped up by Caleb Williams, and the run game. Travis Dye, we need a fat scoring total. I need a fat scoring total hung on them, which I haven't really seen this season. A lot of it is them being held back by their poor offensive line play. And statistically, it doesn't show that their offensive line is bad. But if you watch those games, Caleb Williams is running for his life often in these games. But I need to see them take that next step. This is the opportunity for USC to say, we're here. We're legit. We just hung 45 on Utah, which is supposed to have a good defense. I want to see them show that level of dominance. We're going to get to see that this weekend. Folks, thank you for tuning in. I hope you all like the new format of the preview show. Try to change things up. I think this is a more, much more effective way. Higher quality of, of uh, previews for these games. Drop a comment below. Let me know your thoughts. Hit the subscribe button. Also, head to Bet Online because the show is presented to you by Bet Online. And we're gonna be back. I think on Saturday I'm gonna try to do like a live reaction and then do the full recap show on Sunday, like we've been doing. Hopefully, my uh, my schedule allows it and I'm available to do so. But thanks for everyone who did tune in. And we're gonna be back with more content